Back in 1995, there was a movie that came out that at first when I heard the name of it, I really didn't give it much interest. But then later, I don't remember why, I watched it with someone. And the movie was entitled Mr. Holland's Opus. Now, some of you maybe remember that. Some of you were not even born then. Uh, But Mr. Holland's Opus with Richard Dreyfuss. It is a movie, a story being told of a man who's beginning his life. He loved music, had a passion for music, always wanted to write a symphony or play in the symphony. Sympathy, 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 can't get it out now. Leave it alone. Um, always wanted to play, but he had to earn a living. He married and The school at that time was looking for a music teacher, and so he began a life as a music teacher that ended up being a band teacher and a band director, and in the movie, over a 30-year period, it shows us about his life, the type of students that he had. Some of them were no more interested in music than the man in the moon, some of them trying to play instruments and making some of the off-gosh noise that you've ever heard. But he would meet them in the morning, he would meet them after school, and he would work with them, trying to help them do what they wanted to do with those instruments. It also portrayed in the story how when his wife, uh, when him and his wife had their first child, that uh, their child was born deaf. And how because of his love for music, he was just devastated how his son would never really appreciate music. But then he learned one day as he was playing his music, his son was right next to the speaker. And the vibration of the speaker, that his son was able to feel that and and was able to get into that. And that that raised his spirits when he saw that in, in his son. But finally, after 30 years of teaching music and doing the band and all of that, the school district cut the music program because of a financial burden, and they cut the program. And so here we see in that last day, he comes to class. It's his last day. He, He wondered, you know, like, man, have I wasted this 30 years? Is it just, you know, here I am on my last day, just pick up. And his good old friend, the football coach, came in to cheer him up. And he said, come with me. I got something to show you. So the football coach took Mr. Holland, took him into the auditorium, and in the auditorium it was packed. People from all over, people who had him as a teacher, family, friends, and up on the stage were his students for the past 30 years. Some of those students were some that couldn't get a note out to save their life, but they worked at it. And then on that day, they performed that piece of music that he had written over a 30-year period. He, they, they played it, and they allowed him to conduct it. And all oh, you could see the joy and the excitement come to him to think that his 30 years was not wasted. 
You know, we come here today at 106 years and you look around and maybe you're just having one of those days or maybe this year has not turned out the way that you thought it would turn out and you're coming and you're sitting here and you say, Preacher, I'm trying to be positive, I'm trying to be bright, but I just wonder what all this is about. I just feel like I can never get ahead. I feel like that I'm all alone. I hope that you heard the songs today. Over and over in the music today, it reminded, reminded us we are not alone. Our mighty God is there. And this morning as we come together, I, I, I want us to, 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 to lift up our heads. I want us to think about this morning that God is closer than you think. I know there's some days you feel like God is a hundred miles away, but let me tell you something, God is closer than you think. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad God's, God is closer than I think. And this morning, you might say, well, I wish he'd get a little closer. Well, you know what? If you ask him, I know he will. And maybe that's what we need to do today is to say, God, I need you to get a little closer. I know some of you think, well, no, not that close. <laughs> and maybe even that's where we're struggling today. God, I, I want you close, but God, not that close. Does your life make a difference? Does anybody care about you? Are those thoughts you have from time to time? I believe God has a picture to show us. Now, I've shared this with you many times. Sometimes in, in, in ministry, you know, decisions are made and you don't always agree with them. So you go to them and say, look, I don't understand why y'all are doing this. And one of the phrases they tell me that just burns me up, they say, you don't understand the big picture. And I'm like, what big picture? Can you tell me the big picture? You just don't understand it. I said, well, if you would tell me the big picture, maybe I would. Oh, no, you don't understand it. That just makes my blood boil. But, you know, sometimes, maybe even today, you're sitting here thinking, all I've got is this little town, LaBelle. People don't even know where it's at. And, 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 and you think small. And then you maybe think, no hope. And maybe you think, I'll never get out of here. But I want you to know God's closer to you than you think. And here's one of the other exciting things. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalms 139. Psalms 139. And Psalms 139. As some exciting words... The psalmist has left us. Look at this. It says there in Psalms 139, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue... You know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This extraordinary knowledge 
is beyond me. It is lawfully, and I am unable to reach it. Now, just put your hand there, fingers there. Don't close that. But here's the first thing I want you to get this morning. No matter where we are spiritually, no matter where we are in our minds today, I want you to know that God knows you. Amen? When I read this passage of Scripture, it says, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up, you understand my thoughts. You observe my travel. You're aware of all my ways before a word is on my tongue. You say, how? I just want you to know God knows you. And when Satan comes along and tries to tell you that you're all alone and no one understands you, I want you to know God knows you. God knows you. And let me tell you something. That is something to be excited about. That God knows you. He knows the trouble. He knows the heartache. He knows those feelings that are going inside of you. Now, as I was studying this, in these first four verses, there are some Hebrew words that tell us about God and His knowledge. And as you start studying them and pulling them apart, and I, you know, I could say them and impress you that I've learned some words, but, but the true meaning is that God's knowledge is that you know, sometimes when you sit at the table, like this morning, when you sat at the table when we had our continental breakfast this morning, some of you sat with some people that maybe you didn't know as well, and you got to know them. And basically, as you sat there and talked with them, you learned one layer of their life, and then it was kind of like that was peeled back, and then they revealed some more, and they revealed some more. God, love, God's knowledge, it's like different layers. And God looks at our lives and, and he understands the layers of our life. Yeah, that's why sometimes we say, well, I'm complicated. Sure we are. Sure we are. Aren't we complicated? More t- some days more than others. We're complicated. But the layers. Think of an onion. The layers. <laughs> the layers. God understand each layer. God knows my heart. Do you know something else? He knows your fears. He knows what you're fearful of. He knows your thoughts. He knows your motives. He knows your dreams. He knows your frustration. But here's the thing. God knows, but, here's the big but, He still loves you. Amen? This this is my phrase, warts and all. Warts and all, God loves you. And I don't know about you, but that's something to get excited about. God loves us this morning, and we need to see that. You know, there's another song, and Tara did such a beautiful job in picking the songs this morning because she didn't know where I was heading because I wasn't really sure, and, 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 but it's amazing week after week how God puts the songs and the sermon together. But here's another one we can add for next year, Tara. It's a Chris Tomlin song. Good, good father. You heard of that one? I heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like. But I've heard the tender whispers of love in the dead of night. And you tell me 
that you're pleased and that I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's, it's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. I've seen many searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for answers only you provide because you know just what we need. Before we say a word, you're a good, good father. Guys, this morning we've got a good, good father, and he knows you. Allow him to come into your life. Allow him to be that father. But here's another exciting thing. And I know when you first hear this, you're going to say, well, preacher, I don't know about this. But let me tell you something else about God. God pursues you. God pursues you. You said, oh, man, he's coming after me. Well, look with me in verse 6. I read this just a moment ago. David was saying, this extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It is lawfully, and I'm unable to reach it. Look at verse 7. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold to me. I surely say, surely the darkness will hide me. And the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. The darkness and light are alike to you. What is that telling us? If we are running from God, there's no place we can go that God cannot find us. Amen? Maybe you're on the side of a street. I know name street. It is dark. You're drunk. You're sick. You don't know where you are. You don't know if, you, if this is your last breath. But God knows where you are. God pursues us. And this morning as we think about that, we should get on our knees and say, God, thank you for never giving up on me. God, I am grateful that you still seek me out. God pursues us. You know... In our lives, sometimes we think we're alone. There's a story I'm trying to put myself together to tell. There's a lady, she told this story after she grew up, but she said, I was born with a cleft palate. And when I started school, my classmates, well, they made it clear to me that I was different. The little girl with a mishap lip, crooked nose, lopsided teeth, garbled speech because of the cleft palate. When schoolmates asked, what happened to your lip? The little girl would say, oh, I, I fell and cut it on a piece of glass. Because that seemed to be more acceptable than saying I was born this way. Those school years were hard and difficult. 
But there was a teacher that this little girl had in second grade, and teachers listen to this. There was a teacher, it was, her name was Miss Leonard. She was short, she was round, <laughs> she was happy, she was a sparkling lady. Annually, though, in their class, they would have a hearing test where Ms. Leonard gave the test to everyone in the class. And finally, it was this little girl's turn. I knew from past years that as we stood against the door and covered one ear, the teacher sitting at the desk would whisper something and we would have to repeat it back. Things like, the sky is blue. Do you have new shoes? There, this little girl waited in the back waited for the words that Miss Leonard would whisper to her. And it had been a tough day, but Miss Leonard whispered these words, and it changed my life when she whispered these words, I wish you were my little girl. She said, my life changed on that day because I knew that someone cared. Now, that story is close to me because Yesterday was Owen's sixth birthday. It's hard to believe that he's six. Some of you will remember about a month ago during children's church, Preston was trying to do the lesson, but Owen came up and said, look at my ear. Because you see, six years ago yesterday, Aaron Owen was born, and part of his intestines was outside of his stomach. We found out that he had no ears. But this church and our friends have surrounded him, and he knows love. He knows who loves him, and he knows that God loves him. And yes, he will have kids make fun of him, and he will have things said. But he will know God loves him. He will know you love him. And that God pursues him. And to me, that is the most exciting thing in the world. But let me give you real quickly, God himself. I mean, here's another thing. And we've told this to Owen, and he knows it. God himself made each of us. He's made us. People sometimes will ask us, well, would you want to change something with Owen? And it's funny, you know. Yes, we hate that he's had to have all the surgeries that he's had. We wish we could take that away. But I wouldn't want one thing changed. Because it's him. You know what I mean. It's him. In the same way with your children. God himself has made us. And I know sometimes you look at yourself and you think, man, why did God create me like this? Why did... Let me tell you, there was a reason. I don't know all of it. But pay attention, God is the one in the scripture. As we go on, look at verse 13. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. And I know this very well. Can't we say amen to that? Amen. God has made us, and we need to be reminded of that. And then I think of children like Owen, and I think of children like Cooper and others, uh, 
uh, Harmony Daniels, little, little Cooper, uh, I think of him. And then the first child uh, with uh, Down syndrome is now a Gerber baby. Some of you will know what I mean by that. Guys, I don't know about you, but God has a plan for all of us. For kids that we might think cannot, could not put things together. Oh, what God can do. Or for people who have had moments in their life where five years or six years or eight years were wasted. And you think there's no hope and no plan for you. Let me tell you something. God still has a plan. Or maybe it's because we've been sitting and afraid to get involved because we might mess up. Let me tell you, God still has a plan for you. You see, sometimes we think we've got to be perfect. And sometimes we think that that, that there can be no blemish. That's the only way God could use me. Preston, you got $100 on you. (laughs) Come on, Preston, I needed that. Well, I mean, if Preston did have $100 and he gave it to me, he would give it to me. Well, if we had a $100 bill and it was new, it had never been wrinkled, it had never been folded, and someone handed that to you, what would you do? You'd take that and say thank you and on your way. But what if I took that bill, crumbled it up, Spit on it, throw it on the floor, stomp it, stomp it, stomp it. And someone says, there's a hundred dollar bill. Would you take it? I hear a lot of amens. <laughs> well, it's been stomped on, it's been spit on, it's been, it's, it's been folded, mutilated. You'll still take it? Guys? God does the same thing with us. Sometimes we've been stomped on. Sometimes we have been spit on. Sometimes we have been thrown away. But we're still valuable in the eyes of God. Amen? And so this morning when we leave here, let's remember that in the 106 years God has allowed us and and has been with us. God is closer than we think. Let's remember God is with us. Amen. And when God is with us, great things can be done. Don't let Satan convince you that God is way off. No. God is here. And God wants to be with us today. And in the years to come. In your son's name. Amen. Let's bow our heads and and as Tara comes to lead us in our invitation, Lord, I just pray that we would continue to allow you to lead us. And Lord, the value. Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that feels like they are worthless, thrown away, garbage, that they don't know how they're going to continue on. Lord, I pray that they would open their eyes and see that you stand in their midst as a God who cares. And a God is saying, I am here for you. And all the amazing things that God can do in your life. Amen.